Um, there's no um, mention in the biblical story of an innkeeper. Right. In fact, there were no inns at the time. This is, long, you know, Motel 6 um, wasn't started until much later. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. The Hopper Podcast is not professional advice, just two guys spitballing, so do your own research. Willie, it is Christmas. Christmas Day. 2022. Merry Christmas, Dave. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Um, did you get anything you wanted? Uh... I don't know, because we're recording this before Christmas. That's true. <laughs> so that we, we don't have to, uh, it's not going out live. <laughs> <laughs> Pull back the curtain, why don't you? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys, you guys do 12 days of Christmas. We do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we should, I don't know if you want to talk about that right now, but that's definitely a topic to, for us to talk about. And mm-hmm. um the Christian calendar, I really like the Christian calendar a whole lot, and I know that that's not something that you have been, yeah, uh, has been part of your experience, but yeah, um, Advent is not Christmas, and Christmas is not Advent, and right. those are two very different seasons, and they're seasons, and so Christmas is a season, and mm-hmm. it's not just, I mean, there's a start, so today is the start of the Christmas season, 12 days, and so yeah, we celebrate it for 12 days. Yeah. Yeah, for years now, um, at our, in our family... We have gifts for each other, of course, um, and we do gifts every day. Of the, I mean, maybe not every day, but you know, it's throughout the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're the only person I know who does that. Yeah, yeah. Um, We're really bizarre, but Christians have been doing that for a very, very long time. Yeah, the, the season. I mean, and. Uh, it's only recently and really commercialized. Anyway, I don't know if that's what you want to talk about now. I could talk for a long time about that. Yeah. Christmas is transformed in a way that I think is really, really unhelpful, and lots of Christians have have conformed to the materialism and the commercialism of this really sacred holiday. Hmm. That's for sure. Um, yeah, we can... We can uh, do you want to throw that in the hopper? Sure, let's throw that in the hopper. We'll okay. talk about that another time. What about next year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it next year. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, let's talk about things that yeah. people believe about Christmas. Yeah, that's what I thought we were going to do. Yeah, from the from the Bible. They from think the story, it's from the, Bible. The, Christmas yeah, from the Christmas story. story. Yeah. Um, but it's not actually in the Bible, right? Or it's somehow conflated from different yes. stories in the Bible. Um, any come to mind immediately? Well, I know that there's a lot of folks who really believe that Jesus was born on December 25th, that that's... Right. Uh, right. We don't know when he was born. And that's the thing. The Bible mm-hmm. doesn't say when he was born, not even that it was December. Right. Um, we and, don't know. And I well, I think the last time I read about this, uh, it was likely not December. Um, I can't remember the argument there, but... The best I've heard to give an indication is that the shepherds were... When he was born, the shepherds were out in the fields with the sheep. And apparently, some have suggested, even though I, I do think it's more of a suggestion than anything else, that the shepherds would not have been out with their sheep in the fields at night all year round. And so some parts of the year, mm-hmm. they would be out there. And some parts of the year, they wouldn't be out there. And that's probably the closest we have to even the type time of year that yeah. Jesus was born. We just don't know. 
Uh, wasn't there something about the when a census would be taking place, the time of year for a census? Oh, I, possibly, but uh-huh. it would not all have been. I mean, same thing in the United States. Yeah. The, the, a census happens in a year, but it doesn't happen at a particular time. And mm-hmm. so the, at, in the ancient world, of course, uh, it would be, it would take a long, there wouldn't like a one day that it no, had to no, be done. No, no, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, There'd be de- the various deadlines for different right, right. Uh, regions and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we don't know when Jesus was born. Certainly it wasn't December 25th. That's right. Um, I think that in a, uh, a previous episode, I was mentioning that this, this is probably uh, the Catholics trying to overrun the winter solstice pagan yeah. rituals. Yeah. Um, by focusing on, if we're going to talk about the return of light, let's talk about the incarnation, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. And that makes perfect sense. I think mm-hmm. that that's, that's really good. Um, when you say Catholics, um, I, I think it's, this is, of course, yeah. before the, sure, um, the Reformation. Reformation. So yeah. that is, um, it's not Catholics them, it is Catholic the Western universal, Church. Universal, yeah. It is the Western mm-hmm. Church. Um, well, actually, it probably, they, certainly they started um, forming Christmas Day before even the split, but mm-hmm. still, I think it was mostly a Western thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, then let's see. Uh, we don't know the year he was born either. Right. So um, we, that's yeah. So yeah. some people think that he was born in year zero. Of course, there is no year zero. It, it's one uh, A.D. and then one B.C. and there's no actual zero. But um, yeah, it's hard to know exactly right what year he was born. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that some people have trouble with that. But. It's it's in that. I mean, it's, it's probably within a few years. In fact, right. um, the research I have done says that it was probably be, you know, around three or four or five, something like that, B.C. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, because when they made that switch in terms of the year, it was, uh, I forget who made it, um, but it was hundreds of years later, right. and there wasn't really good records. And so they were trying to date it to Jesus, mm-hmm. but um, we just don't know. Right. Yeah, it's not real clear. Did the best they could. They did the best they could. That's right. Uh, you know, another really uh, popular one, uh-huh. you go and you see nativity scenes, and there's uh, at, at the at the manger scene, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesus is in the manger, uh-huh. um, and there's a, a barn or a shack or an sure, animal sure, stall, sure. right? And there's yeah. some animals around, yeah. and there's some hay, and there's yeah. Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. And then uh-huh. there's also uh, shepherds uh-huh. and angels yep. and uh, and wise men. Yeah. Um, or some people refer to as kings. Right. But uh, So there's a bunch of problems here. Yeah. A yeah. bunch of problems here. First of all, uh, they're not kings. Right. That is a mistranslation. Clearly, mm-hmm. they are not kings. They're magi. They're magi, which yeah. is a transliteration of the Greek. Um, and it, they, that refers to people who are wise with astronomy, astrology, mm-hmm. but then also people who are uh, reading various texts and prophecies and um, all kinds of poetry and science and uh, just people who are just scholars mm-hmm. in general, and uh, yet, and just really, really smart that way. Yeah. So wise men would be better, right? So um, wise men is is closer, um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, than than kings. Yeah. And uh, we don't know how many there were. Yeah. So it's not three, although the three comes from the gifts. The gifts. They mm-hmm. there are three gifts mentioned, right? That they gave and. Yeah, gold, frankincense, frankincense and, and myrrh. myrrh. Right. 
almost certainly was not just three. Yeah. Even if it were just three of the Magi, they would have a lot. They would have a significant entourage. You don't go on a long journey like that in the ancient world without a lot provisions of provisions and help. Yep. Yep. So you would have to have a lot of provisions, which come along with a lot of people, people and extra animals. And exactly. All, all of that. So it'd be a, a pretty big group, even if it were only three, and it may have been a, a larger group than that of magi. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to say. It is. Uh, we don't know what they rode either. I mean, uh, often in a nativity scene, they're on a camel. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it likely could have been a camel. It could have been. We don't know. Sure. Uh, or if they rode anything. They probably did. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, and and also, Mary on a donkey. Right. We so, don't know. Uh, yeah, the Magi weren't necessarily on camels. And Mary, yeah, there's no reason to expect that she rode on a donkey. She Again, she may have. But it may have been something else. It mm-hmm. may have been a horse. It may have been, maybe she walked. Maybe she, who knows? Hmm. Yeah. If she, you know, we, yeah. we just don't know. Um, she was very pregnant, of course. And so that would make the journey difficult no matter what was happening. Right. But it would have been easier, of course, for her or for anybody, I guess, to ride rather than to walk. Right. Right. Um Plus, there's the, uh, the, the structure itself. And we know that Jesus was laid in a manger. Yes, yes, he was um, laid in a manger. But we don't, the manger wasn't necessarily in a, in a barn or That's right. structure. That's right. Uh, but you would, you would imagine something like that around, possibly. But we don't know. We don't know, yeah. It's, um, it could have been in a cave. Lots of, lots of animals were fed in, in various caves that are in the area. But barns are certainly, or... or um, stables, that kind of thing, those existed. And a lot of times, though, they were connected in some way to the house, not really part of the house. They tried not to have animals inside mm-hmm. the house. Um, although sometimes they bring the really young animals or those who were sick that they really mm-hmm. needed to mend or needed to rest or whatever in for shelter. Um, shelter is likely in that um, you're trying to keep the hay dry. Right. Um and that would be the best right. place so it to sleep. It's probably not outside. And, right. Um, um, it's probably not outside. Some sort of shelter. Right. But it could be connected to the house, or it could be off-isolated somewhere. It could be mm-hmm. in a cave somewhere um, nearby. You know, it's, we just don't know. But there was a manger. That's, that's what we know about we that. We do know there was a manger. And yes. because there's a manger, it's probably good to assume that there were other animals there, um, because a manger would be to feed animals. But there, there's no... We don't necessarily know that there were animals there at the time of Jesus' birth. Right. Did we mention that? The Magi no, we didn't. Didn't, didn't go to the manger scene. Of course they not. They weren't even there. No, they were yeah. not there. And so I, this has been a pet peeve of mine. We, I love <laughs> okay. manger scenes. I love uh-huh. nativity scenes. Uh, and the Magi are part of the story, but they didn't come to the, to the manger. We know that because they're on a long journey. And when they get there, they go to Jerusalem, this is in Matthew chapter 2, and talk to Herod, and then they go to Bethlehem, and a text says that they went and visited, they found Jesus and Mary and Joseph in the house. Yeah. And so they're in a house at this point. Right. This is not, uh, so he's he's likely to be a year or or maybe older than that even. Right. Uh, because when uh, the text says that Herod asked the Magi, when did you first see the star? And based on that, without talking to the Magi, then he has all the boys in that town two and under, two and under yep. killed. And so 
uh, it was a you know sometime, sometime before after his birth. Yeah, up to two years. Up later. to two years, maybe. Yeah. And so the, anyway, the star the text tells us that a star guided them to uh, Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and they went and talked to Herod. And then after they left Jerusalem, the star guided them to where the child was in Bethlehem. And so they they went there. And that but that was not during the birth. And so there's no connection in the Bible between a star and the birth of Jesus. But when he was a toddler, it apparently mm-hmm. came and showed them uh, where his house was. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So that's that's also yes a very common misunderstanding. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any others. I uh, of course there's like um, the the little drummer boy. Oh. I don't know where that comes from. Do you know? Do you it's know where that comes so- from? I don't know, but I think it's the song. You know, when yeah, I was a but young, where did the songwriter get the idea? I, I don't know. Just, I, just I, a I've always assumed that it's just like, kind of a, yeah, just a a thoughtful. This is all I can do is play the drum, so I'll play the drum. Yeah, for Jesus. For Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I like that idea. When I was younger, I, that was one of my favorite Christmas carols um, or Christmas songs mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't like it as much now, but uh, yeah, that's a, anyway, yeah, that's completely made up and probably fairly recent. He was, you know, a little drummer boy. There was no drummer right. <laughs> in scripture. Right. Um, and, and there's no reason to think that that is a part of the biblical story at all. Well, it's not a part of the biblical story. And probably there wasn't a drummer there. Um, also, it was not um, a silent night. Uh, you know, as th- there's nothing uniquely silent about it. There was no mm-hmm. snow. There's no reason to think that there was snow on the ground um, or and, that it was cold or anything like that. Yeah. Very likely not during winter or snowy. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's no reason for it to be quiet. Yeah. Um, there's no um, mention in the biblical story of an innkeeper. Right. In fact, there were no inns at the time. This is, long, you know, Motel 6 um, wasn't started until much later. And uh, so when people would go, they would have to, you know, uh, go and stay at somebody's house. And it was likely that they're going to stay at family's house, um, but there wasn't room there. But there's no mention of an innkeeper um, that was putting them away. Yeah. No place for them to, there was no place for them to stay, but it wasn't because the innkeeper was bad or that they even made contact with an innkeeper. Yeah, Luke 2, 7. Uh-huh. There was no place for them in the inn. Have you looked up that word? Yeah, I have. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's katalama is the word, and it me, it is really flexible. And it refers to a variety of places for lodging. There was no, it's Mm -hmm. not about, it's not an inn. It's not, it's a place, it's any place to stay. And Mm -hmm. so it could be uh, public lodging, Mm -hmm. which would, which uh, was crudely erected uh, for all the people coming in. Or it could also mean just a, it, it just, it means a place to stay. There was no room for them in the place to stay. Right. Yeah. Wherever they might be staying. Wherever they were trying yeah. to stay. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing it about... It could be... It, it actually is used um, also often for like a guest room in someone's house. And so when it says there's no room for them in the katulama, 
uh, katalama, sorry, um, it could mean the guest house of the re- of their family house. Yeah. There was no room for them in that room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the another thing about the nativity yeah. I just uh, remembered is uh-huh. that they often have um, angels there, uh, but the angels appear to the shepherds in the fields. Correct. And they... Uh, they praise God out there, yes, and then the shepherds travel and find Correct. baby Jesus, Correct. and they relay this information yes. to them. And yes. the scripture says Mary treasured these things in her heart. Yes, um, so they the the angels. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they weren't there, but right. but what we're saying in the scripture is that they appeared to the shepherds in the fields, and not at the at nativity the scene, scene right. itself, not where Jesus mm-hmm. was born. Yeah, but the shepherds did go to. I mean, they're, they're an appropriate part of the, of the nativity. Oh, for sure. The shepherds did, were yeah. there at the manger and they saw Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes. They mm-hmm. saw him on the night that he was born. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the angels, there's no indication that angels were there when right. Jesus was born at, 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 at that location. They right. were, they, they appeared to the shepherds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know what they sang? Yeah. I mean... Glory to God in the highest. It's a trick question. They did not yeah. sing. Oh, uh, you yeah, it was a trick question. Uh, they praise God, so they praise I, God and they praising God and saying. Yeah, I'm not sure that doesn't mean they they didn't sing, but I it, I get so your, your I'm not, point so here. So again, arguments from silence we don't know, but yeah. there is really clear words for singing, and that's right. not the word here. The word here is speaking. Praising God and speaking, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. Correct. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not saying that they didn't sing. I'm saying there is no mention of the angels singing here. Right. The same way, there's no mention of Mary riding a donkey. The same way, there is no mention of yeah. an innkeeper. Uh, you know, all these things that we think, you know. Uh, that sounds like something that should be sung, but that's not what the text says. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one is another myth that people often believe is that Mary gave birth on the night she arrived into Bethlehem. <laughs> and that is, the text does not say that. It right. says, while she was in Bethlehem, the time came, uh, what was it, uh, Luke 2, 6, while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And so that doesn't, I mean, honestly, that doesn't sound like an immediate, like, oh, no, we got to find a place. Oh, no, we got to find a place. But right. that works really well if you're going to make a movie out of it. Right. Because well, yeah. you're introducing uh, tension. Because you got to introduce tension, right? Well, they still needed a place to stay, right? And oh. there is that tension. She is pregnant. and Sure. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. There's no. They could have been there for weeks. Right. Before she gave birth. We don't know. We don't know. Or it might have been the same day. We don't know. There's a lot about the, you know, when we start to, oh, here's another one. Did she wear a white robe with a blue sash? <laughs> there's nothing in the Bible about what she wore at all. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot, you know, but when you go, when you put on a play, or when you make a movie or something like that, you have to pick out what she's going to wear and what Joseph is going to wear. And is it going to be in a stable? Is it going to be in a cave? Is it going to be, well, a stable is much more interesting to look at and to construct. And so then we just 
it anchors it into our minds about what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that they just become cultural icons. Yeah. Yeah, the white and blue is um, designated to Mary in some sort of universal understanding now, right? Like yeah. it's just kind of yeah. the same way that aliens have big heads and big eyes. Right. And skinny bodies. Yeah. You know, like where did that come from? Yeah. Um, but now it's it's a cultural phenomenon that that's the the image of an alien. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's pretty universal. It's pretty universal. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. And the same thing with Mary and with so much of this story. Now, it's helpful for us, I think, to go back to Scripture and to realize what does it actually say? Because this is what God wants us to have. These are the uh, the details that are in the text are the details that we're supposed to focus on. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, can you think of any others? Uh, I don't know. I think that's basically it. But, you know, it's interesting. This is, I think, more helpful in some senses than actually telling the story, because so many people know the story. And if we tell the story, then people will, in their minds, think. Even as, we, even as you read the text, the story from the Bible, in your mind, you think, oh, they're rushing around looking for a room. It doesn't yeah. say that. It doesn't say that. How many of these did you believe as a child? Probably most of them. Most, yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah. most of them. Yeah. Um, but pretty early on when I discovered that the Magi were not there, then uh-huh. even as a kid, I was like, okay, they can... So in our... Uh, I, I didn't say this. We have a number of manger scenes, but always I make sure that the Magi are some distance off. Right. right? So on the, they're on the table. They're traveling. They're, tr- they're right. on their way. They're on their way. Right. Yeah, they're not in the in the manger scene. Yeah, we do the same. Um, so that was like the first turning point for you. I think so. That was a I big think one. it was for us too. Yeah. It's like, well, imagine I weren't really there. Right. Um, and then you but they thinking, are part of the story. They're appropriate yeah. to be a part of the set. Yeah. But they're you start in a wondering, different what location. Else is, uh, what, else is, what else is this about? Yeah, inaccurate or... Right. Yeah. We, have I just, we just assumed, or has been uh, handed down traditionally culturally yeah. instead of straight from the horse's mouth in scripture the yeah. horse's mouth well you you've heard that expression right? i have yeah, yeah. that's a, uh the horse meaning uh, being the word of god yeah the, the, yeah straight from straight from the bible straight from the bible yeah yep um let me ask you this do you what are your thoughts on why the angels appeared to shepherds yeah that's a good question and i i think it has uh it has to do with the um, relatively lowly place of the shepherds. I've heard some people go a little bit overboard with that, saying mm-hmm. the shepherds were scoundrel, scoundrels and crooks and pirates, that you know only you would only do that if you couldn't get it. That's not exactly true. They, uh-huh. um, but it was a pretty menial task yeah. and dirty and uns- basically unskilled labor or unskilled laborer could find work there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus talks about a really good shepherd, and that's true, would actually be very skilled and knowledgeable. Um, but anyway, I think it has to do with these are, um, out in, in some sense, outcasts of society. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Jesus is coming to the lowly. He's born in a manger and Mm-hmm. And uh, and the angels come; they're the first pre- first people to come. Uh, are people who are the working class, and 
the uneducated and that sort of thing. I like that theologically. Yeah. And I remember hearing that for the first time and thinking, huh, okay. I mean, that, that works theologically. Yeah. But I think I was just under the impression, and maybe I still am, that they were just up uh, in the middle of the night. Yeah. And they were out in the fields so that they could travel there. Yeah. You know, that they're, they're used to walking around with their, their flocks, and shepherds are often up all night. Or, sure. You know, sure. Uh, that's, when, that's when wolves and coyotes or whatever kind of dog is there is, yeah. is trying to eat the flock. Right. right. Um, and uh, they're, they're, uh, they're available. Yeah, you know, sure. and they're um, they're out working, and that makes sense too. Yeah, but I I like that that concept that they're they're the ones who hang out with the animals, and they they probably smell like animals, and they, you know, kind of the what you're saying in terms of the. the this is going to be a different kind of king. God stooping, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to humanity and right, um, right, right, in His grace and yeah. and Him being laid in a in a trough where animals eat. And at, that imagery is also powerful. Very. That, that Jesus is the bread from heaven and, mm-hmm. and we're the animals that yeah. will feed upon him. Yes. You know, we're the, we're the vile sinners that need his broken body and shed blood for redemption. He's come uh, in the flesh to live as human uh, for us on our behalf as our yeah. substitute and mediate a new covenant of, of yeah. grace That's and right. forgiveness when we have failed in Adam. Yeah. In the first covenant. Yeah. And yeah, he's laid in a trough where animals consume. That's powerful. It is. Yeah. Well, we've had a good year as with the Hopper Podcast. We've really enjoyed we've had a good year. This is our last episode of the year. Is it? Yeah. Wait, New Year's Day. Uh, it will be Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Next one next one's gonna be on in twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we got some good stuff coming up. So you better stay tuned. Stay tuned, everybody. And you better get on Patreon. Yeah, we got, then you can get our bonus episodes. We actually do have some really good bonus episodes that we've already put out, and we have some that are in the works that are pretty exciting. They are awesome. Yeah, you don't want to miss those. <laughs> <laughs> we got a few surprises up our sleeve. We do. Yeah. So I'm tempted to talk about it, but I'm not going to right now. Okay, yeah. we, we've said enough. We've said enough. Merry Christmas. Hey, this is Dave with the Hopper Podcast. If you can't find a politician or media outlet that represents your views, you're not alone. You've got a home right here. We've broken free from the cultural and political narratives that dominate the landscape. There are more of us than you might realize. So help us grow the Hopper Podcast. Find your favorite episode and click the share button and put it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or somewhere else. Thanks. Dave, I was... um recently ran into one of our listeners and he had a really interesting viewpoint hmm. um a really interesting insight that i that made me feel really bad and i'll tell you why <laughs> okay. it, it actually did it made me feel pretty bad yeah because i am you know this i'm a big unc tar heels basketball fan right and so this year um they are still undefeated we're just at the beginning of the season and they are number one in the country and uh, you know who their big, their the big rivals of, of UNC course. basketball or yeah. UNC anything is, and who is that? Number one is Duke. Duke for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, the um, they play each other uh, basketball. The men's basketball plays each other uh, one time at home and one time away for each of the teams. Mm-hmm. And those tickets 
are so ridiculously expensive. Right. Um, the ones so Duke has a smaller stadium, fewer tickets, and those tickets often go for in excess of twelve thousand dollars a seat. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the rivalry right. that this is, and uh, it UNC tickets are not quite as expensive, but eight eight to nine thousand dollars right. there is still pretty typical. Um, that's that gives you an idea of the level of rivalry. And when yeah. I lived in in uh, Chapel that's Hill, that's three zeros too many for me. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, when I lived in Chapel Hill, I really caught the UNC bug, and I really love their style of basketball. Maybe we should talk about that sometime, mm-hmm. but. Um, what what this listener, um, Brian, talked about with me is he said that when we have sports teams like this, yeah. that I I'd so identify, I know the names of the basketball players mm-hmm. and stuff, and I like them, and they seem like agreeable people, and I think mm-hmm. that I've never met any of them, but I have a sense in my heart, even though in my mind I know it's not true, that if we were to be uh, come in contact with each other, they would really like me. Uh-huh. And uh, you know we would we why would not be, why not because yeah. they're such great guys right they're wonderful guys uh-huh. right and so and that we would be friends and there are they really support each other mm-hmm. and I could see that on the basketball court and so they're just terrific people and then then I look at the Duke players mm. and what I'm thinking is uh you know i'm thinking of some of their evil their blue, ways blue devils for They're a the reason devils for yeah. a reason right uh-huh. and i look over there and i say look at how selfish they're playing Mm-hmm. And they're just ball hogs, and they're just you know they are mean, and uh, I would not want to run into any of them. And, and this happens in sports all the time. Mm-hmm. That when we have rivals like this, then I my team I put on all the good morals, and then my rival I put on all the evil morals. Right. And uh, you know what? Let me let me play a little bit of what he was saying because yeah. he was talking about that. Okay. I think it's called prescriptive moral asymmetry. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Where so like if I'm a UK fan, I have learned that Tennessee fans are bad, right? They're the enemy, they're sure. opposite of sure. me. And so I prescribe to their morals the opposite of my morals, right? Like that I love oh, yeah. Kentucky basketball. All the guys on the Kentucky basketball team are kind and nice and they're for me, like they like me. And so if you are a Tennessee fan, then you are against all of those things. Whatever the opposite is. The opposite. It's yeah. not that you're just simply rooting for another team. And that's a sports analogy, right? But we do that in politics too. Mm-hmm. That like I am pro-life because I love children and I love families. And so if you are pro-choice, you do not love families. You do not love children, right? So that, that's the idea is that, yeah. like, that can happen when we prescribe morals to someone who has an opposing viewpoint of us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That, there, that there's no um, you know, congruence with any, any morals. Like it's, it's got to be the opposite. Right. Um, anyway, I find that kind of interesting. I, I feel like I see that happening. Well, you know, I, I call that us and them. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it is, uh, we've talked about that before in terms of even studies that have been done where they uh, they take people yeah. who don't know each other and they put blue shirts and red shirts and, and they, they divide them up. That happens. 
Yeah. There's an us and them, a tribal sort of aspect. And yeah. evolutionists believe it's, you know, it's about survival and uh -huh. uh, grouping uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, in order to survive. So you're not left out by yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, and so that us and them, uh, I guess it, it, it may have some good function, but what I see is a lot of negative stuff yeah. uh, with nationalism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you go to a high school mm -hmm. and you compete. You want your high school to win. So that's just fun. Like they're heroes sure. and villains, right? Sure, sure, sure. And it's all somewhat of a fairy tale. Yeah. But I think that people uh, forget that it's a fairy tale. Yeah. With heroes and villains. Yeah. And um, and so what you said, uh, you know, I, I start thinking about the degree of subjectivity mm -hmm. and objectivity that I see in the spectrum mm -hmm. of people. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm uh, on the more objective side. Okay. I really do. I don't, I'm not easily branded by companies or, uh -huh. and I know friends who are very branded. Yeah. They, although they, they love Coke and not Pepsi because right. they're from the South or, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they're, sure. they're branded. Yeah. And I just never have really felt that way about much. Yeah. Um, and you know, the word fan, you talking about sports. You know what fan means, right? Fanatic. Yeah, fanatical. Yeah, yeah. Fan, you're a fanatic, um, and uh, and that's fun, right? You go to sure. you, you, when I go to a, a, a sports arena, I want to care about who wins or loses. Yeah, or it's right. just not the that. The game it, is so much better. If oh you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or you or you you know if it's if it's two teams you don't care about, put a little wager on it. So then you yeah, care something about something to, yeah. to make it. Yeah. Otherwise, sports can be really boring. Who cares? <laughs> right. Um, but if if you if you have stock and you know yeah stake at what's going on yeah. And you're paying attention to every little thing, and it's so much more enjoyable. Yeah. So I don't, you know, in terms of enjoying us and them, there's a place for that. Yeah. But yeah, politics, racism, Once we nationalism, get into that kind of stuff, it can be dangerous and deadly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I was recently um, uh, listened, saw a post online. Um, I, I knew I shouldn't have been there. Hmm. Uh, it was a post of pastors and elders, mm -hmm. and one of the one of the posts that uh, I, I just it blew me away said, uh, "What are we going to do? Uh, we have to do something. Talk about in our pulpits these Democrats who want to put pornography in our kindergarten classrooms." Mm. And I responded and said, "I don't think anybody wants to put pornography in kindergarten classrooms." I mean, we may disagree about lots of things, but really, mm -hmm. is there a candidate out there who is advocate, ad advocating for putting pornography in kindergarten classrooms? And the response was, well, it's basically the same thing. Well, what's basically the same thing? Uh, it, uh, al allowing a gay teacher to teach kindergarten students, a gay or lesbian teacher to teach mm -hmm. kindergarten students, is equivalent is the same thing as having pornography. And I said, okay, we can disagree about whether we should have, you know, you know, we can disagree about a lot of things. I'm yeah. not saying there's not a disagreement. But to say that a gay teacher who teaches kindergarten necessarily is giving his students or her students pornography, that's not what's happening. Mm -hmm. But it's what's happening. So, but these are pastors who are saying that this is super important and like this is prescribing to them these evil, evil morals. So, so, you know, they're on mm -hmm. the other side. I was just blown away by that. Huh. Huh. I, um... <laughs> I stunned you. Yeah, I mean, I obviously wasn't reading or on no, that you side and in, in, interacting in that way, but um, uh, I tend to think of 
the us and them that's more dangerous in terms of uh, not moral disagreements. Okay. But uh, you got black skin, and I don't like that because I'm a white dude, and I like white guys. Sure. And then it's like uh, uh, the morality is so clearly legible, uh-huh. right? Um, whereas I don't know what they were arguing. I mean, you know, when you say, uh, would I send my child to a class with a homosexual teacher? I would say, well, it depends. Totally. Depends on a lot. That's right. right. And and I'd want to look into that. Um, because there is some, you know, there's some concern. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, maybe for the sake of discussion, we'll keep the, keep the examples a little bit more hyperbolic. Um, (laughs) So that it doesn't get too muddy. Um, okay. Fair? I guess. But a lot of this, I mean, the, where it's valuable, I think, is in the nuance and in the muddiness. Well, okay. So let, let's at least start with, okay, with fair a, a little bit clearer. So so take like Russians. Yeah. I mean, you and I grew up in the Cold War. Yeah, right. And Russians were the enemy always. Red, Red Dawn right? Red and Dawn, Rocky Four. Right. Yeah. And I think what, uh, what Brian is saying is... I would automatically ascribe negative morality yes. to Russians. Yes. They want to take over the world and they yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they hate they hate me. And, yes. Um and and there's possibility that they do because they have us in them in them as well, right? Right, right. Um but so I'm ascribing to them things that are not true. They're ascribing things to me that are not true. Probably. And uh and, and in a way it makes it true. It yeah, it eventually uh-huh. makes it true. Uh, but not immediately. Because right, um, but what we can be, I think that therefore the delusion yeah. is that I'm okay. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's not happening to me. It's happening to them. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. the evil ones, not me. I mean, yeah. I, I, I probably should be skeptical about other people, and they probably should be skeptical about me. It's when I think I'm something special. Because I root for UNC, where right. I'm an American, and they're Russian, they're different, they're, and I ascribe the, the negative evil to them, but, but in my mind, yeah. everything we do is pure and holy and right. There That's you go. where I think it really gets nasty. Well, and, and the motives of those people are all evil and nasty, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, I, I think on the, on, you, got, you got two sides here. You got, um, so I think about um, Hillary Clinton, uh, Mrs. Clinton. Uh, had some emails that were inappropriately placed, mm-hmm. and you got Donald Trump had a bunch of documents that were inappropriately placed. I right. don't mean to make an equivalency, but there right. is some similarities, not right. equivalency, but similarities, huh. right? And so when I hear my uh, very conservative Republican friends, you know, well, very clearly, it's lock her up for those emails, right? right? She did right. this, and <laughs> right. she is right. she is evil, and it's because she is out to get the country, and she is trying to sell secrets to, to our enemies. On the left, it's the same thing with Donald Trump. He is, uh, you know, th- there doesn't seem to be any evidence that, that anyone has secrets that aren't supposed to because of his actions, but he is just trying to tear mm-hmm. down this country and create chaos, and that's mm-hmm. all he cares about. Right. Um, well, that's ascribing motives right. to from one side to the other. Like, they're doing it for evil reasons. It couldn't be that they made a mistake. It couldn't be that they're incompetent. It couldn't be that they uh, had other things to think about and didn't whatever. It, it's that they are evil. Right. 
on both sides. Right. And I, I don't, honestly, I don't think either one of them is a very competent person. Yeah, I and say, I can I, understand making that kind of yeah. mistake. And I think that's, I think that's my point is that there's wrong on both sides. Yeah. But where's the right? Where's the right? <laughs> where's where, the, you know, where's the correct? Where's the holiness? Yeah. Where's the, we do this best because this is who we are. That That's the, I think the big delusion. That's a huge delusion. And then, yeah. um, and then it's maybe a, an equal reactive. Uh, since I'm so good and that person is against me, they must be so evil. Mm-hmm. When really we're all a mix of good and bad. And it's and mostly bad. <laughs> <laughs> but the way through that is to listen. And you know what? Um, I'm not, uh, I'm no fan of Donald Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. We know that quite well. But I don't think he was being particularly malicious against the country. I think he is mm-hmm. a patriot. And I think his ideas are really, really damaging. And I think he wants what's best for the country. I think he's incredibly selfish. Honestly, I think all presidents are, Mm -hmm. you can't be, you can't run for that office and then even hold it and not have some like really grandiose big head that is totally inappropriate. And I think that's true for all of our presidents. But um, so I don't, I don't like Donald Trump, but I don't think he was trying to hurt the country. Uh Um, And listening to people is helpful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like what is actually going on? Uh, and yeah. people lie sometimes, and so getting to know people. Right. I'm not going to get to know, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, of course. But people that yeah. are different from me are not evil. Well, maybe a few of them. Well, are. well I, yeah, I think what I'm saying though is, um, it's just the other side, right? Um, instead of saying uh, th- those folks aren't evil, uh, which Obviously, they're sinners, and we're sinners. So I want to look at okay from take, a theological yeah, perspective. Okay, take sure, take your sure, example. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think both sides of the aisle are full of corrupt, horrible. There you go. Yeah, nastiness. There you go. Right. Yes. I just assume that at this point. Yes. That if you're a politician, who did you screw over? You know, <laughs> yes. like what, what kind of lies have you told incessantly? Right. Yes. I mean, what, what's your real agenda? We'll never know. You know all those kinds of. Right. I, I'm just highly skeptical. Maybe that's a bad thing, but I just that's true for people. When I'm interacting with people, I know that they lie. Yeah, of people course. lie. Of course. Um, the thing is, uh, when I pretend like I don't lie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're the liar. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Now we got a real problem. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. Yeah. I think we're saying um, different and complementary things. Yeah. That yeah. Uh, that we we need to look at both of those. Um, you're saying we need to look at ourselves as broken and sinners, and I'm yeah. not all good. And I'm saying we need to look at the other and have some good faith right. in them. Right. Um, and not and not give to them evil traits that they have not earned yeah. truly. So I meet I meet uh, any given Russian. I can't pigeonhole them. Totally right. Oh yeah. But I do have I do have a suspicion that Russians don't like Americans generally. Yeah. And and vice versa. And that's probably true. There's probably right. some truth to that. Yeah. With some humongous exceptions. Right. Large so, exceptions. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I have to remind myself. Okay. Um, they're people. They want the same thing that I want. There They're broken go. just like me. That's right. And and so I have to I have to look at that way for them. But yeah. then I think the real hard work is to say, America is not, you know, peaches and cream. <laughs> America is not yeah. like like the you know the greatest country on earth. Well, maybe I don't know. Is it? I haven't lived in other countries. Right. 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 right I mean, right. I, I know glad, I live here and I like it. I'm glad to be and, here. No and a lot of people want to get here. So obviously something's we're doing something. We're doing right. something great. Yeah. But. Um, but is that, but even if we are the greatest country on the earth, does that mean that everything we do is perfect? Right. Or that, moral. Or moral. Right. It, it absolutely might just be, does not. It might just be the best place to live because of its immorality. 
I mean, because we're honest about our <laughs> no, we're not honest about our immorality. No, but just, what do you mean? Well, I mean, uh, this might be a, a place of great peace and prosperity because of immoral activity Fair on enough. the part of our government, like yeah. swiping the land from Native Americans, for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's immorality in some level, right? Totally. I and, mean, it's a different time in history, and, and we then, can throw that in the use, hopper too. Yeah, but how much have have people like you and me benefited from that? That's what and I'm let's, saying. Let's right? look at the blacks and what we yeah. did to slaves, and. You know, and yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so maybe so it's a great easy. place for you and me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's really easy for the morale, the the uh, the uh, majority culture, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. within the country, yeah. to say this is the best place on earth for me. For right? me, yeah, yeah, of course. Without it is. looking at other, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then the delusion that Brian's talking about is, in, I I think I'm, I think I'm special. Yeah. I yeah. think I'm I'm moral. I'm good. It, UNC is the team. They're right. the best, right? Right, right, right. So we're the best. Like you were saying, they want to they want to eat dinner with me. That's right. They don't they don't do anything wrong. Because I'm their or... best fan. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have this warm place in my heart for them and for America and for you know the pro life or pro choice yeah. and for the you know this political party yeah. or that political party or whatever you know that's. Now I tell you. Uh, I have to confess this because I said earlier that I'm a very objective person. All right. But um, there was a team in sports that I absolutely hated. Okay. It was the New York Yankees. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And my, my grandmother was a Yankees fan. Yeah. She's from New York. Is that is that but, why, you're, why you uh, hated No, them? no, that's not why at all. But um, I have nothing but fond thoughts of her. But okay. the the Yankees... She got it wrong on that one. Yeah. they What they do is they, they have the biggest city with the most money, and uh-huh. they go and they find the best players from every team, and they offer them more money, uh-huh. and they steal them uh-huh. off of their teams, uh-huh. and they put them... They, eventually, the good players end up with a Yankees uniform. Yep. And they do it because it's like a, 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 like I made it. Yep. I'm in I'm in the, the yep. category of Yankee, yep. and I've gotten all this other money, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And, uh, and so it's, it's just like... It's just buying people. Okay, so I will tell you that's why I hate Duke. They do the exact same thing, <laughs> yeah. the exact okay. same so, thing. So we've established our own us and them. Yes, you and I are morally oh, no, superior that. to so, Duke and the Yankees because we would never we would buy never off people. That's right to build our team. And I okay, so promote all brand. of that, uh, you know, ascribing morality to other people and to ourselves. All of that I stand by, except. This actually is. They really are evil on, on those two places. <laughs> we're, we're, so, we're objectively yeah, calling them evil. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> quite honestly, those are two of the most hated teams. Uh, yeah. You know, different sports, different leagues, different uh, mm-hmm. level, but uh, they're two of the most hated teams it's, in all it's, of. They're sports. an easy target, right? Because they're they, both they easy have targets. the power, they have the money, they really do, and they get they they exercise it. Yeah. And this is how, uh, and this is one of the ways you can think about being an African American uh-huh. and white people, uh, you know, flexing their privilege. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. you just you hate it. Uh huh. You know. Uh huh. I I grew up watching the Orioles. Okay. This is yeah. before the Nationals were around, yeah, yeah. and okay. you know, from the D.C. area, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Northern Virginia ish, um, and the and I watched the Redskins, and yeah. um, anyway, the the Orioles. Face the Yankees. This is sometime later in life. I've watching the Yankees my whole, or sorry, the Orioles my whole life. Yeah. And they're they're in a, the middle of a, a pennant race. It's very close, and a, a, a ball is hit by a New York Yankee, and it's way out in the outfield, and it's just about to go into the glove of an Oriole outfielder and end the game, and they will win. And some fan reaches out and catches the ball, oh which they're not allowed to do. Right. 
and right over the glove. Yeah, right and, there. And the 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 umps who are New York umps rule it a home run. Oh my goodness! Illegally. Yeah. New York wins. Wow. I blow a gasket. Yeah, I'll bet. I stopped watching the Orioles. I stopped yep. watching baseball. That's it. I I hated Forget you. the Yankees. Yeah. And any team that hates the Yankee, the, the Boston Red Sox. I like the Boston Red Sox. Yep. You know why? They hate the Yankees. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> So I that's that's by way of confession when I felt like the the most like subjective. But even now, as we're sitting here laughing about it, yeah, I still feel like that's just dirty. They're 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 dirty. They're dirty. They're, they're dirty. Yeah, they have they have worse morality than the rest of us. Right. Uh, you know. <laughs> right. Which honestly is I don't think it's true. I mean, it might be true, but it's not to the degree that you feel like it right. is, or the, to the degree that I feel like it is. Right. And it may not actually be true because all of us are broken. And all of us want the same thing. Yeah. That's and what that's what Brian's getting at, right? That is. That's what he's asking about. That's is, right. Is why, why? Because I like the Orioles. Yeah. Do I have to ascribe all that negativity automatically? To the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. And why do I like the Orioles? It's self-defense. It's a, it's a self-defense mechanism of our minds and our brains, isn't it? It's like a yeah. Well, yeah. In, in the sense that we need belonging. Yeah. We need connectivity. Yeah. We need meaning. Yeah. And purpose. Yeah. And we're trying to climb Maslow's hierarchy of needs and mm-hmm. you know wants, if you want to include that. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, it is it is fun to care about sports. Otherwise, yeah. sports are pretty boring. And I think I feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to improve myself. I want to feel. I don't want to be criticized. I want to be. I want to feel like I have it made and that I'm safe. I'm safe from any accusations that somebody else might make. That I'm, and that's it's. A, I think it's a demonstration of insecurity. Yeah. Where you know, um, if we're going to, how can I say? The only way that I can learn is if my ignorance is exposed. Yeah. The only way that I can understand the world better right. is if my if I my I sense of things my thinking, is right? challenged, and right. someone says you are wrong about this. Let me show you some, a better way. And a lot of times when that happens, uh, I, that's not a better way, and I'm going to keep my own way. But I have to be legitimately open to changing and growing and saying uh-huh. I was wrong in right. my thinking, in my behavior, in my relationships. And so, uh, yeah, let's stick around a little bit. Uh, why, if your team wins, yeah. do you feel better? I do. I really do. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Your team wins, and you feel better. And it's and and what exactly are we feeling? Right. It, the, this like victory. My team won. Yeah. But it's more than that, isn't it? Isn't there something slippery and sinister in there? There is. But maybe I, I can answer it from a good, pers- good and theological perspective. Yeah. Um, there's many ways to go at this. This is the one that immediately comes to mind because I, I because I'm so familiar with systematic theology. Here it is. Um, that um, Romans chapter five tells us that we are either in Adam or in Christ, mm-hmm. and Paul talks about that in other places as well. And theologically, we call that federal headship. Uh-huh. Uh, you know that. And so, and culture, we call it vicarious living. Yes, that's yeah. right. And okay. so, when one per, when when if I'm in Adam, mm-hmm. Paul says, in Adam all die, and in Christ all are made alive. And so, if Christ is the one who is representing me, yeah, 
and his death and resurrection on the cross is then, Paul says, my de- I'm crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I live um, in him. But if we are in Adam, then his death and his sin is what represents us. And yeah. Paul says there's no other way but to be represented by Adam or by Christ. Right. You cannot represent yourself. And especially we Americans who are hyper-individualized say, I want to represent myself. Well, no, you don't. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, even if you wanted to, you can't. You are going to be represented either by the first Adam or the second. And so I think it's in our hearts to have a champion, uh-huh. To have a champion um, like David and Goliath, you right. know, uh, have a champion that says, this is the person who's going to represent me. This is the person who's going to, and if they win, I win. And if they lose, I lose. And I think that's what, I think that's in our hearts. That's innate mm-hmm. to us as human beings. And so yet yeah, all of a sudden then Tom Brady becomes my champion, right? Or right. Uh, whoever, you know, that's. Um, yeah. Uh, Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, but um, for a lot of yeah, I don't. Right. That's not my. That no. is not my champion. Can I say that again? He is not, not my, my champion. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that that heap yeah. a whole bunch of either he is morally excellent and beautiful and wonderful and can never fail, and also on him he is the devil and a cheater and right. you know uh, deflated those now balls. Now he's divorced and now his he's wife. Divorced yeah. his wife. How much worse could you get? Right. Right. It's just, that's why I think um, evangelicalism deified in lots of ways, uh, at least semi-deified, uh-huh. uh, Donald Trump. Who, when you say you, know, you mentioned divorce, that's or why just I'm, or just the political so the right. divorce and the uh, just, you know he's been divorced yeah. multiple times. He's had multiple affairs. Scandals, very clear, scandal after scandal after scandal that are demonstrated to be scandals, true. He's lawsuits. He's not rich, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he, he's got a lot of money, but it's all this debt, and it, and not, no bank in the world will work with him anymore because he's been in financial bankruptcy so often, and he is not the big success. I mean, that's just not the yeah. true story. But we look at, you know, uh, people who are on his team. If he is my federal head, I must prop him up and mm-hmm. I put all my faith in him. And so no matter the um, uh, the facts, I have to say he is the best. And the same thing happens on the left, right? Yeah. You know, I think the left right now is having trouble with Joe Biden because he, is, he just turned 80 years old yeah. and he is losing his mind in lots of ways. And while I think that he is a very compassionate and insightful person, he is not a great leader. I think that's yeah. pretty verifiably true. Right. But we're all in love with, you know, the left is, he is our man and he is, yeah. the, you know, and no, that's just not true. Yeah. So when your team wins, yeah. you vicariously feel like you win. I won. Yes, you win. I won. You're, you're superior. You, you just won, period. Yeah, right? totally. Not just a game. I'm a winner. You're a winner. I am yeah. a winner. There's like moral implications there. Totally. Right? There's, there's uh, all kinds of spiritual yes. things going on there. Yes, yes, yes. That's why people... And, I, and this I don't like, people who, who watch winning teams and decide they're going to be a fan for the, for the strongest, most powerful team <laughs> yeah. because they get to win all the time. Okay, that's not what I'm doing with UNC basketball. I have been a <laughs> fan of theirs for a long time. I wasn't time. pointing the finger at you. Come on now. I wasn't pointing at you. Um, my toes were pointing at you under the table. <laughs> but uh, Under the table, yeah. that's right. <laughs> but yeah, that's, this is what people do. They yes, pick teams that win right. all the time so they can feel good and they can enjoy sports because I get to win. Yeah. I'm a winner. Yeah. And they're not picking because that's the city they're from or they're, right. they're fair weather yep. fans. Totally. And, and I think there is some spiritual work. That sounds weird, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about 
you know, sports and fanatics, but I think there's spiritual work in everything. Everything. And so there's an opportunity there for you to analyze, like, why do I hate this team? Why do I love this team? Why do yes. I feel good when they win? What, yes. What's going on here yes, spiritually? Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and, and try to connect it back to deeper truths. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and how am I ascribing negativity to somebody because how have I categorized people right. even, right? Right, right, right. Am I even aware that I'm doing this yes. all the time? Yes, yes, yes. And that I need to, I need to extend the benefit of the doubt, and I need to to not think so highly of myself or my group or my team or, you know, I'm winning, winning, winning. In Christ, we win. Yeah, that's right. And and that means if we have a savior and we win in Him, then I don't have to pretend and I don't have to chase winning. All I don't have to chase great financial success to win. I don't have to chase some trophy wife to win. I don't have to chase some the best sports team to win. Yeah. I don't have to do all that stuff yeah. to be a winner right. and try to hide from what you said, insecurity uh-huh. and the deep brokenness that's in me that's yeah. constantly trying to be fed. Yeah. I'm constantly trying to look strong and powerful and talented and funny and attractive uh, all the time, right? Yeah. This is what people do What's and they work? hurt yeah. everyone in the process That's right. because of their own brokenness and insecurity. That's right. And and it's weird to think about that in terms of sports. People, go, oh, this is ridiculous. I don't. Yeah. You're just not thinking about it deeply enough. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's it's there. Oh, it's yeah. not as toxic, you know, in sports. That's why it's a good example because yeah. it's, it's a safe. But when you start talking about like, okay, teachers and homosexuality and yeah. what's going on, yeah, it, it can get muddy fast in terms of all the different things that we might feel or think. That's right. Yeah, and how to benefit uh, or to extend the benefit of the doubt. How to really put myself in check and take the plank out of my eye? Yep. Yeah, those are really important things. That's right. That's those right. things of spiritual maturity. Absolutely, yep. and it happens even through watching sports. Yep. Yep. There's opportunities everywhere to think about. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. That was a good discussion. That was a great one. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. You made it to the end of this week's episode. Congratulations. You win a case of irregular corn dogs. I already have that. To claim your prize, write us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 214-267-9287. And join us next time when we'll discuss if Simon Cowell's head is too big. Yeah. There's a lot to say about I that. think it is. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. Hopper Podcast is sponsored this week by Cream of Donkey Soup.